I'm your host, Greg Viafania, and we've partnered up with our friends at MPP to deliver short business tips each month. Having expertise in the swimming pool industry and business world, we believe these messages will truly help your business. So without further ado, let's jump into this month's business tip. Welcome to your go-to podcast for the pool and spa industry. My name is Tyler Rasmussen. And my name is Greg Viafania. And this is the Pool Chasers Podcast. What's going on, Brian? Nice to have you back on the uh, podcast. How you doing? I'm good, Greg. How are you, man? I'm doing great. So the topic we're going to talk about today is, should you consider Airbnb accounts residential or commercial? Can you share with us what that means exactly? Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think the Airbnb vacation rental uh, kind of phenomenon is, is beginning to take off in every single market that, that has pools. Uh, I think it's a, a weird little gray zone where they're not really residential and they're not really commercial. Uh, in other words, there's really no oversight or regulation to, to determine how they should be treated. And so we're in this weird spot where how do you price them? You know, uh, what's the extra liability? Is there any extra liability? You know, the, the hope would be just to kind of figure out and give people tools to, to help identify how they're going to treat these pools as they come up because they're ultimately they're going to be on your routes. They're there now, <laughs> whether you know it or not. Um, and so the, the hope is just to kind of help people give give them a, give them some tools to determine the risk so they can make better decisions for their business. Right. And prior to us hitting the record button, you were saying how much, you know, like hotels and commercial properties are a lot like uh, the Airbnbs. And just like you said, you might not know that a property is an Airbnb because you know, somebody might not have told you there might be a project management team handling it. And they probably know um, that it's not in their best interest to say what it is, because it's going to require a lot more attention. Um, maybe headache is the right word. So they might not disclose that because it could cost a little bit more. Um, so what are your thoughts on, you know, how they're similar and what has your experience been? Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, to your point, you're right. Not everyone will admit that they're they plan on renting the property. Um, we ask them straight up, right? When a customer calls and and they want service or an estimate for service, we ask them directly. So we kind of make them lie to us, if you will. Um, but I would also say that your pool guy probably knows the answer to that. If you polled your pool guys and asked them um, which properties they believe are Airbnbs, they probably could give you the short list. Um, because you're going to, you're going to see it in, uh, in, in just the experience of cleaning the swimming pool. So, um, you know, one of the challenges you face with these swimming pools is they do relate more to a commercial swimming pool in many cases, right? Commercial swimming pools, there's a set of regulations that determine how that swimming pool needs to be managed. It usually comes from the department of health. These pools don't have that, but they're, they're the experience of cleaning them is, is a lot like a commercial swimming pool. Uh, what do I mean by that? They generally have a much higher bather load. Because people are coming in the house and they're swimming the entire time, right? The swimming pool is the reason they rented the house. No one rents an Airbnb because they have nice sheets. They rent an Airbnb because they have a beautiful backyard swimming pool in it. And so people come to swim and they're ready to swim. So, you know, you're going to have a bunch of people in the swimming pool every weekend. Uh, it's going to be warm all the time. And, um, and that comes with extra demands. You've got a higher chlorine demand. Uh, when there's a problem, you know, you, you got to be there quickly. And, uh, and, and again, that that's relating more to a commercial swimming pool than a residential swimming pool. So are you pricing them 
the way you should, or are they are you pricing them the same as their neighbor who, you know, might be eighty seven and hasn't been in the pool since nineteen eighty seven? Right. Thank you. So, I mean, that answers, you know, this first talking point about, you know, does a pool get used more than a traditional pool that might be, say, in my backyard, you know? So this is an Airbnb, like you said. Um, If you wanted to stay in a hotel, you go stay in a hotel. But if you're getting a vacation rental property, and we're talking about Airbnb, but there are obviously other vacation uh rental types out there. So, um, make sure to, (laughs) you know, ask people, you know, is this a vacation rental, you know, when you do ask them. So is the pool being heated more than a normal pool? Uh, yeah, I would argue in my market for sure. Right. Um, I mean, the average swing pool right now in South Florida is 70 degrees and our Airbnbs are in the high eighties, right? Because no one wants to go swimming in a pool that's freezing cold. So uh, they're, they're, they're always heated. They're heated virtually 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, which is not the, the, the custom for what you'd find in, in a given market. You're going to have some heated pools, but um, all of these pools are heated all the time, right? So, you, you know, and everybody knows what heated pool has different chemical requirements than a pool that is not heated. Uh, so you, you don't really benefit from the winter season, if you will, like you would normally when the pool gets cold. Um, you know, you're generally using less chemicals during that season because there's not a high chlorine demand. Uh, you don't get that from, from these type of pools. So they are, they are heated more in my experience. Um, and, uh, and again, that, that creates its own set of challenges. So you just want to make sure you're identifying that and pricing correctly. And what have you done? What has your business done to, um, help with that challenge? I mean, you have automation, obviously, there's more chemicals, so it's going to cost more money to uh, keep up that pool. What are some sure. of the things that have worked for you? Yeah, well, keep in mind, a lot of our experiences have come out of pain, right? You have a, you have a frustrating scenario happen, and you kind of learn your lesson, and, and you do things different next time. Um, one of the things that we, uh, first and foremost, again, we'll just repeat this. We ask every new customer when they come on board if they're going to rent the house out, okay? It's better to ask them on the front end and then have this conversation than Price it regular, and then have to have it later with it with a with an increase in price. Um, even though they probably pay the cleaning lady to come a couple times a month to clean up the house every time the guest leaves, that doesn't mean they're willing to pay the pool guy extra because of all the work you have to do. You've actually got to go ask for that. We require all Airbnbs or vacation rentals, excuse me, to have a salt system. Um, you know that the equivalent of having the pool guy show up a little bit, you know, every day and add a little bit of uh, chemicals to the pool. So you're not having to go seven days between dosing. That's an important piece. It significantly reduces the amount of green pools we face in these in these kind of rentals. If it's a vacation rental with a spa, we require either twice a week pool service, uh, or we require an automation system with the ability to um, to time out. The Aqualink, for example, you can set it so that when that homeowner turns it into spa mode and they want to have fun in the spa, four hours later, everything's going back to normal. So you don't have you don't you never walk into that situation where the hot tub's been running for six days straight at 102. The pool's green because there's been no circulation and everyone's mad at you, right? If you if you're if you're going to come twice a week, you can you can solve those problems before they become issues. And if they're not willing to pay for twice a week service, then then you know forcing them to have the some sort of automation or controller, if you will, to to minimize the damage. Love that. Those are yeah. Those are two things we do just just in terms of basic service. Um, the other things that we've had a lot of success with is just clearly communicating with the customer. You know, 
they know they're running a business. Um, and, and when you kind of let them know that you know they're running a business in a nice way, it, it gives you a starting point. Like we send a nice letter out to everybody letting them know, listen, we know you're running a commercial enterprise out of this home and we want to help support you and make you the most successful possible, right? You know that if that pool's not right, there's a high chance you're going to get a negative review. So let's make sure that we're working together so that, you know, you're getting everything you're paying for and your guests are getting the experience they're looking for. Um, we went back to them actually in that same letter and we uh, uh, offered them a basic safety kit, right? You know, in a commercial swimming pool, for example, you're going to have life ring, life rope, you know, you're going to have a, a, a metal pole, you're, you're going to have a life hook, you're going to have all these things, um, uh, pool rules, for example. We went back to the home, these homeowners, uh, these vacation rentals, and we tried to offer them that service say, listen, you can have a basic safety kit in your backyard so that if there ever is a problem, you at least can point to the fact that you provided the basic safety needs that any other commercial pool in your county or state would have. Not everyone took advantage of it, of course, but, but at least we, we can point back to a day where we offered that. So worst case scenario, there was never an incident or a loss in, in that swing pool. Um, you know, everyone's going to get sued, but, but at least you can point back to that day and say that you did your due diligence and, and, and you offered you know, adequate services to that swimming pool, whether the, the property owner or, or vacation, you know, host decided to uh, take you up on it. It's a whole other thing. Right. Thank you. And when there's a problem, do you need to do it right away? Because you know how on a residential pool, some people act like it's an emergency. It's, you know, eight o'clock at night. Um, and, you know, there's not too many emergencies that can't be just shut off or shut down and, you know, visited the next day. Um, is that different when it comes to these vacation rentals? Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, you know, in, in, our, in my business, we, we, we do some commercial work. So we're doing hotels on the beach and we're doing residential swing pools. And so we, there's definitely a difference in the two. And if you've got a hotel on the beach, for example, and their pool goes down, it's an emergency. Like they have guests. It's a big deal. There's a huge amount of money on the line for that person. So if you can't get there quickly, they're going to leave you. It's the same for the vacation rentals. They've rented this property out at a high price. The homeowners are expecting to use the pool. And when there's a problem, they need you there yesterday. And of course, you know, inevitably it happens Friday at, you know, 4.59 or, some, or Saturday morning or Sunday morning, you know, when, when you're not really set up to, to, to take care of it properly. Um, so, yes, in, in my case, I would definitely relate this to more of a commercial pool from that perspective because there is a, a higher demand for your time and quicker response. And again, there's more money in the line. They've rented this house out. They're, they're getting paid for the use of the house, including the pool. So if it's not right, the guest is going to hold that host accountable. And then guess who, guess who their next phone call is? That's, that's to you. Exactly. And who knows? Maybe it could be an opportunity because usually the people staying in the vacation rental will run into the uh, pool person. Maybe it's an opportunity to get more consistent reviews off of one house um, opposed to just kind of waiting months on end for, you know, the homeowner to give you some kind of feedback. Yeah. So uh, to that point, you know, the letter that we sent, right. And I would encourage you to communicate with your customers, but the letter we sent, we, we just aligned with them and said, we, we know you're running a business here and we want you to help you be successful, you know, and, and pointed out, you know, the, the, as much as the nice sheets on the beds in your house probably help you get rentals. The reality is the beautiful pictures of your swimming pool that's what seals the deal. That's why they click book it now, right? So we want to help you be successful. We want to we want to give you a scenario where you win, because when you win, then I I win too. So 
um, just communicating well with the homeowner. These people are business owners. They generally understand. You're always going to have the Karens, if you will, of the world that you give you a hard time about it. But the, 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 the risk is you don't address it properly. And then you have an, you have liability out there that you either haven't identified or you're ignoring, right? If, if you're going to do some of these basic steps just to properly price them and communicate well and take some steps to reduce your liability, then I think ultimately you're, you're running a better business. You're making more money too. You have less problems. Um, you know, no, no one's going to give you an example. No, no one's going to price a hotel on the beach the same as a backyard swimming pool because it, it's just not the same, right? The problem we have here is that these swimming pools are in residential neighborhoods. They have the same size as every other pool in the street that you're probably already servicing. Or maybe even they bought the house from a previous customer and now they're renting it out. You find yourself in this weird spot where they're priced like all your other swimming pools, but they're not the same. And so all of the loss comes to you as a business owner or as a pool guy. You're responsible for making up the difference. You've got frustrated customers. You're putting extra chemicals in. You're making extra visits. You're disrupting your business to get there quicker than, you know, everybody else because they're screaming at you. So, you know, helping identify and, and kind of put this into a residential bucket or a commercial bucket is going to help you run your business. Um, so you can price them appropriately and, 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 and reduce risk. That's the idea. Right. And does a vacation runner require more time chemicals than a normal swimming pool of equal size? I would argue yes. Um, I mean, if you let's put it this way: if you've got two swimming pools next to each other, right? They're the same size. I'm in Florida, so let's call it a 15 by 30, you know, basic Florida swimming pool, right? You've got one where you've got an 84 year old lady who hasn't been in the house since 1987, you know, and then you've got an Airbnb next door. They're the same pool in footprint, but you're going to do you're going to use a lot different chemicals, a lot more chemicals, excuse me, on the vacation rental because of its usage, because it's heated. Right, you're going to have a lot more suntan lotion and all the things that just make your life harder. Um, so yeah, they, they're absolutely different. The question is, are you going to identify that and take advantage of it, or are you just going to make less on that one? All right, because you're busy and 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 life goes on. I think the industry could lead here. The reality is, I think most of these properties fit in some gray zone. Your city may be regulating them. Your state, your 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 county, your state might be regulating them, but they're probably not. And so I think it's our job as, you know, company owners to go out there and, and, and make good decisions. And we need to start setting the market for this so that we're, 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 we're making the, the right amount of money on each pool, right? You can have 10 pools on the street, but if three are leaking, you're, you're not making any money there. The, identi- the, the idea is to run your business in such a way where you make the right amount of money at every swimming pool. And I think this is another one of those situations where... If, if properly identified, you can make more revenue here and you can also mitigate risk by doing that, right? So, uh, you know, that's my hope at least. One, one other thing I forgot to mention, by the way, is we double whatever the um, whatever the filter cleaning or filter replacement uh, timeline is for a traditional swimming pool, we double it uh, or cut it in half, excuse me. So if we're changing an annual, car- if we're changing cartridges annually, we're doing it every six months at these properties. If we're cleaning them every four weeks, we're cleaning them every two weeks at these properties because they need it. They have a lot more usage. And so we're doing it to make sure that that pool never turns green. Because when it turns green, y- you lose money and-, and you have a ton of frustration and the-, and the guests can't use the pool. And it's just a nightmare all around. Yeah. And you hurt their business as well because. People on the vacation rental websites, they 
you know, get bookings by the amount of reviews and the quality of the reviews. And you can probably go through a ton of them. And if there isn't, you know, good pool equipment or there was a green pool, you better believe that they're going to be writing a novel on the experience that they had. Um, Because you very well just ruined somebody's vacation and that is their business and it's going to put a ding in that. So um, if they're new, maybe just make them aware of that. Maybe somebody could go through and uh, copy all the bad reviews that, uh, you know, reference swimming pools. That would be interesting. That's a great point, right? So when you walk up on that swimming pool and they've got a 10-year-old pool heater there, you know, have a conversation with the with with the homeowner while you have them. Listen, this this heater's 10 years old. It works, barely. But there's going to come a point when it doesn't work, and it's probably probably going to be Friday afternoon. And so, you know, is it worth losing that guest asking that, you know, when they ask all their money back and then give you a negative review, is it worth that? Or is it is it time to go ahead and, and, and proactively change out this heater, give you a brand new warranty? Um, you know, there, there's plenty of money to be had here and made by us if we'll just identify these pools and then have an action plan to to go and, and go tackle them. Um, again, unfortunately, we're all busy. This, you know, everything going on, it, it, they just become another pool. They become a gray area for us that we, you know, sometimes ignore. And, you know, that's a detriment to our business. We're, we're you know, again, forget the liability side of it. You know, th- there's a lot of money to be made in these pools. If we'll just go after it, if we'll identify it, have a, have a realistic conversation with the homeowner. These guys are business owners. They bought this house with the purpose of making money. They know they need to, they need to have equipment that works. So, you know, ask the question, you know, give them an option. You never know until you ask, right? If you give them an estimate for a brand new equipment set, they might say yes. And then you just made a ton of money. Exactly. Uh, So with that being said, you know, does a vacation rental present more risk to your business than a normal swimming pool? I would argue yes to that. We had an experience a few years ago um, that kind of put the cap on this for me. Uh, we had a customer that had probably 12 or 13 vacation rentals with us. Wasn't really willing to invest in the properties. They wanted Thursday service. Uh, you generally, in my market, they want Wednesday or Thursday service. That's when their new uh, guests arrive. And uh, so we came and we... Um, we balance the water. We document everything. You know, every company should, but we, we had great documentation of that. Um, what we didn't know was that after the pool guy left, when and the guests arrived, it was a uh, I can't really, I can't remember if it was a spring break or a summer thing, but basically like 14, 14 12 year old girls showed up at this house and they put it in spa mode and they heated it up to one hundred and two and they just left it there for six days. Um, well, when the guests checked out, a couple of the uh, girls got up, you know, got kind of rashes and end up going to doctors. And, you know, the, the, the owner of the host calls me just super upset, right. You know, saying that these girls had to go to the hospital. It's my fault. And the reality is we had all the documentation that the water was balanced on Thursday when my pool guy showed up. Um, what we didn't or couldn't account for was the fact that the spa was going to run with, you know, a bunch of, middle school age girls in it for, you know, five or six days, pools turning green, spas, a cesspool, you know, and I was able to, we were able to mitigate that risk because of our documentation. Um, And that really was what put the cap on it for me. It was like, these are not residential swimming pools and we're just ignoring the risk by not just, you know, tackling this challenge. And that's really when we set in motion the process of, of really managing these the way they should be managed. 
And, uh, you know, we lost a couple along the way, but, but the reality is most of these folks that, you know, when you communicate well to them and you walk them through what you're trying to do and how you're trying to help them, they're business owners. They understand they're trying to, they're trying to operate a commercial enterprise here. And, uh, you know, we found most of them to be reasonable. Yeah. And I appreciate you, um, sharing that story because just by hearing that, it sounds exactly like a, a commercial pool, but we all might not be treating these like commercial pools because if you were at, you know, say, um, you know, the Holiday Inn or something, they usually have people on staff or somebody that's there every other day or every single morning that can make sure that those problems go away, you know, much faster. There's so many variables. If you have a different family from different parts of the country, even the world, um, it, it's uh, it's complicated. We already deal with enough variables because it's water, but now you're bringing in new variables every single week. Um, so making that very transparent and clear that this is pretty much like a commercial um, pool is going to be good for you. Yeah. Well, the, the, I think the best, uh, the best way we've been able to identify with the host is kind of aligning with the uh, housekeeping cl- uh, crew, if you will. You know, a, a, a regular residential house, if they even have a housekeeper, which most people don't, but if they do, they're, they're not coming every couple days, right? They're coming a couple times a month, maybe, maybe once a month, if you even have one. But, you know, vacation rentals, they're coming after every guest leaves because they realize this is a commercial business and they have to present, you know, an output. They have to present a product that is satisfactory to their guests. You know, so when, when I was, when we're able to relate the pool service and needing extra pool service to needing extra house cleaning, you generally get a good response because they know they're, they're already paying for that. They, they've already come to that realization that that is needed. They're just not making the leap to the swimming pool. To them, it's just, well, I'm going to pay whatever as cheap as possible. And, uh, you know, they, they don't want to pay. Extra. They're never going to offer, hey, can you charge me more because I'm a vacation rental? So you you, you got to kind of drag it out of them sometimes. But if you can relate it to something they're already, they've already kind of admitted and agreed to, which is, you know, they're probably getting the house cleaned after every guest leaves, then you, you might have a better chance at, at, at having a real conversation with them that when they're not defensive. Very good. And our last talking point would be, what can people do to reduce risk and make profit servicing Airbnb, you know, vacation rentals? Sure. Well, one thing I'll say is, is price them appropriately. Okay. Um, Going back to my two pools on the same street, you could have two pools on the same street. They're the same footprint. They're the same size, right? But if one, no one's ever swimming in it. And then one is a vacation rental. You're making a whole lot less money in the vacation rental than the other one. So we need to be pricing them accordingly. And then the other thing is, um, you know, take the opportunity to have a plan. Go to the homeowner or the host, if you will, and give them a plan for what you're going to do for that extra money and, and, and give them a, a, a chance to, to digest it. You know, again, we make more on these pools when we price them properly. We're, we're, we're selling twice as many filter cartridges. We're you know, we're obviously pricing more. We're selling them a salt system when they buy the house because we require it. If they have a spa, we're making money on an automation system. Give them a bid for a brand new uh, energy efficient variable speed pump. You know, give them a new equipment set bid. See if see what they take it. You know, there's a chance that you can you can really make some money here. And at the same time, by doing all that, you're not just making money. You're also lowering your risk because you can now set that pool up so that so that the homeowner wins with with the guests. They can lock the guests out, for example. One of the best things I ever did when I started selling Aqualink was pull out my phone and show them that you could lock out 
a guest. So the only thing they can do is turn on the spa and turn on the blower, right? They can't turn the heater up to 104. They can't control it. They, you can lock them out completely from the system. You know, by doing that, you're giving the homeowner tools that they probably they might not even know exists, right? Uh, so you give them that tool, you give them that resource. At the same time, you're lowering your risk because now I know that every time that homeowner calls to put the spot on, I know it's going back to the regular set of where the valves are set after four hours, right? And so I know that when I come back next week, I'm not walking up to a green pool or a spa that's been running for seven days at 102. Um, you know, it's going to go back to pool mode and, and all the valves are going to go back. And, and, and uh, the other thing that where we've seen value and made money at the same time is, you know, a lot of vacation rentals now will charge the guest to heat the pool where you can't really, it's hard to do that without a, without an automation system, but giving them the ability to, you know, they're going to charge an extra 50 bucks a night for the pool to be heated. And all it is for the homeowner is to flip a switch on their automation system. And now they made 50 extra dollars a night because that homeowner wanted the pool hot um, is a great feature. So if you can align yourself with the homeowner, you're going to make more money. You're going to reduce your risk and you're going to have a better experience for your techs. Your tech's not going to walk up to that disaster of a swing pool as often as, as, as otherwise. So it's a, it's really a win-win if you, if you just take the time to, to go through it, set up, make a plan and communicate with those customers in a way that makes sense. That's all amazing stuff. And I really appreciate your time, Brian. Uh, for the listeners, if anybody wants to reach out, how can they get a hold of you? Because I'm sure there's going to be some people with some questions on your experience here with these vacation rentals. Sure. No, absolutely. This is what we're all about, man. This is one of the reasons I joined MVP was trying to help elevate the industry. So um, you can reach me at my email address. Uh, it's bbanta at go-npp.com. And uh, I'd love to help any way I can. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again, Brian. All right, Greg. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, you could hit the link in the show notes below or visit poolchasers.com. If you'd like to learn more about MPP, visit go-mpp.com. See you out there, pool chasers.